0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Welcome back to the House of Mystery. I'm Al Warren and I'm Kev Thompson. Okay. Now today we are, uh, we've I've had this guest on before. It's been a few years and uh, there's a new series out on Paramount. And it was him, The Many Murders of Ed Edwards. And our guest is John Cameron, who was the author of a book, and he's um, part of this series. Um, thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks for having me on the show. I know I think I've been on your show two other times, a couple of years ago and maybe three years ago, so I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah, time flies. Yeah. Just Welcome back. Yeah. Um, so now, how did how did you get into doing the series? Like, how did that series come about? I, I know you had a book out on on Ed Edwards, and um, uh, how did it get into this?
1: Well, yeah, I investigated Ed Edwards for the past eight years, and then I published a book. It's me, Edward Wayne Edwards, the serial killer you never heard of, and that came out in two thousand fourteen. And then about two thousand sixteen, I was contacted by Ed Edwards. Uh, son, and uh, this is a man that was actually born where I live, Great Falls, Montana, in 1956, he was born here, and he never knew who his father was until 2016, when he just started doing some research on some websites, and found out that, in fact, his father was Edward Wayne Edwards, a serial killer, and so the son reached out to me, and uh, the grandson was a producer in Hollywood. And he kind of uh, hooked me up with Paramount, uh, originally Spike TV. And uh, we entered an agreement uh, three years ago to produce this uh, documentary. It was him, The Many Murders of Ed Edwards. And uh, we traveled the country for a couple of years and, and produced a documentary, which just finished playing out on Paramount. Are you happy
0: with the end product?
1: I was happy with the end product. I mean, there's a lot of negativity about it, and that's nothing new because there's always been a lot of negativity about this whole case with Edward Wayne Edwards because of the fact that I tied into so many high-profile murders that had already been made into movies and books and things like that, that people were very uh, hesitant about it and really kind of trashed me for quite some time. Yeah. Um, the documentary itself, I think, did a really good job of showing... How, in fact, officials react, you know, to some mm-hmm. of this stuff. So right. I was I was very happy with what
0: they did. You do get a lot of negative feedback in that, and and even the series, I'm sure, or the book, uh, because of the amount of people you've tied them to. Um, wh- what's your biggest response to people that, uh, just generally, without getting specific, just say, oh yeah, I mean. Yeah, he's killed everyone, or they just say something, right? What is your response to that?
1: Well, what I found is people hear about it, and rather than look into it at all, they just immediately have a negative response because they don't want to believe that one man could possibly have done all this over a period of 66 years. And so they shut down, and they just, you know, either rip me apart or say, this is crazy, I'm not even going to pay attention to it. Uh, My response usually is to, you know, read his own book. Edward Wayne Edwards wrote a book in 1972 and claimed he was reformed when, in fact, he was a serial killer. And it was really that book that became the answer to all the murders he committed during his 66-year murder spree. And so that's the first thing I usually tell him to do is, you know, not necessarily read my book, but read his book and then read my book. And then you decide, you know, what you think. Um, That really is what happened. My book was just like an investigation of Ed Edwards that lasted a long time. I just put the information out there so others would know because he framed people and he's hurt a lot of people that are still hurting.
0: Yeah. So let's uh, let's tell the listeners just so they they get the idea of this. Uh, Edwards. Um, would go out and uh, frame people for murders. So uh, kind of give an example of what we do know of, of how he would commit a crime and what he would do to set people up.
1: Well, sure. He, first of all, he didn't get caught for murder until he was 76 years old, and he had been killing since he was 11, and he was married. He had five children. And what he would do is traipse around the country with his family, and he would force them to change their names and their identities. He would live in every part of the country all over the place for decades. And what he would do is target somebody to kill and somebody to frame. And usually what he would look for is a cheater, someone either cheating on their wife, a wife cheating on the husband, or somebody cheating in another manner, such as financially um, a lot of it was based on the seven deadly sins. If he felt that you had sinned, then he felt that he had the right to either kill you or frame you. So he would uh, he would target individuals, um, get to know them for years in advance, um, under assumed identity, and then figure a plan to kill them and to frame someone close to them. And he did that in many, many, many murders, dozens of them.
0: Was he out to punish people uh, then that were cheating or doing things wrong? Was this kind of a punishment that he was giving them, or was there something else?
1: That's exactly what it was. And let me just give you an example of his last murder that I believe he committed occurred on May 5th of 2009, and that was just two months before he actually got captured for his first murder. And in that case, he snuck into the house of a wife sleeping with her two little boys, six and seven years old. And the husband had just left the house to go work out in the morning. He strangled the wife, he strangled the two little boys, and then he wrote these horrible messages on the wall in red spray paint that said, you have been punished. I saw you leave, I'm always watching, things like that. And in those messages that he actually wrote on the wall were codes that actually contained the killer's name, Ed. And the husband, turns out, was cheating on his wife. And he worked for one of the biggest uh, Christian ministries in the world, Joyce Meyer Ministry. He was the head of security. And so Edwards groomed his way into this man's life for a couple years, sending him threatening messages, stuffing them in his mailbox with threatening letters saying, I'm going to get you or I'm going to get you or your kids. And then he did. And that man, Christopher Coleman, ended up going down for killing his wife and two kids and has been in prison since 2009, but he is shortly to get a new trial here soon. And my guess is they won't even have another trial. He'll just be released. So that's kind of how he worked. A new trial based on this? Well, Chris Coleman actually filed an appeal based on Ed Edwards, and then a lawyer— got in touch with him, and they decided to file another appeal in a separate court based on some information that they had uncovered in the court record, and, and that really is the most important thing in appeals is you have to rely on what was played out in court, and it turns out they found some very exculpatory evidence that was withheld from them, and uh, the appeal is online right now. It was filed on May 2nd. And the state still hasn't responded, but they're going to respond any day now. And it kind of sounds like Chris Coleman is either going to get a new trial or be released. Well, they have to respond within 90 days, if I understand the law correctly. Um, Yeah, I've been been waiting on pins and needles to to get the response. (laughs) I got a letter from Chris Coleman a couple of weeks ago, and he kind of gave me some details about what's going on. And so that's really the... That case in itself was, was one of the most horrible cases I've ever seen.
2: Now, going back to a lot of the flack that you're catching, you know, for for your work on this, it, certainly you can understand that, that there are families that now have closure, you know, based on, on how their cases ended. And now all of a sudden... Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, here's this, wow you know, let's reopen old wounds. I mean, how do you respond to that for these families that for years thought, okay, you know, our son, our daughter, or wife, husband, you know, their cases are now closed, it's over with, it's done with, we can get on with our lives, and now, you know, somebody's coming along ripping that Band-Aid off of an old wound.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what Edwards created in his murders was hatred because for every one of those families that thought they got closure. Now it turns out that the man that went down or the woman that went down, that sitting on death roll, didn't do it. And so you got their family, his family, the people that have been persecuted who are also wounded. And so I get a lot of flack from victim families because they were told this person did it. They sat through trials. Um, the jury said they were guilty. Well, the fact of the matter is, Edward's crimes, his murders, were always designed to steer the evidence to someone innocent and frame somebody. So those, those, uh, convictions were just wrong. And, uh, it's very difficult to get them overturned. But just in the last few years, several have been overturned that Ed was involved in. And, uh, I know it hurts other people, but Just on the other side of the coin, it also hurts the other side. Um, It has to be told.
2: True. I mean, the the truth, you know, wants to be known. So let's go all forensic here. Let's go criminal minds for just a moment, because you've got me fascinated at this point. Was Ed Edwards, was he kind of placing himself in the position of God, like, I know the sin that you're doing, and without you know, without God watching, I'm God. I'm now going to punish you for this. Okay, I think you've suffered enough. Now it's time for the truth to be known. Let me write this tell-all book that, ah, it was me the whole time. But deep down inside, I think you would have suffered for
1: what I saw was your crime. That really is what he considered himself as. And one thing you have to understand with Ed Edwards is he was the Zodiac Killer. And when you read the Zodiac letters, he said he was collecting slaves for his afterlife so that he could, he could rule them in their afterlife. And what that really does portray is Satan. He picked people that were cheating and sinning, and they, in his mind, they're going to go to hell, so he's going to punish them. By killing someone close, or killing them, and framing someone else. So yeah, he acted as if he were a god, and that's why a lot of the Zodiac cryptograms were based on ancient Egyptian uh, history, where these you know ancient evil men considered gods ruled you know the dynasties, and uh, that's what he considered himself. He was in control of all things, is what he wrote in a Zodiac letter in 1977. And what he meant by that is he was in control of the media. The cops, the courts—he was God. He was acting out God, and he was all on his own. Oh wow,
2: wow! I never really thought about that. Boy, you're really stirring up the dust now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Why would he wear a mask during some murders then, and not during others?
1: Well, he he actually—he he talks about that in his book. He talks about how he didn't like to wear a mask. He liked people to see him. So he could be identified and what he would do is subtly change his appearance with very professional Hollywood style makeup. He could change his, you know, the bridge of his nose or the his length of his ear or the, you know, using a reconstructive putty that they use to to make people mm-hmm. look different in movies. But the reason for wearing the, like the Zodiac executioner's hood in 1969 at Lake Berryessa and leaving the one victim alive was to create terror because that picture of the Zodiac wearing that hood and what he did to that couple at Lake Berryessa it is scary. And then he sent the letter that said he was collecting slaves in his afterlife. He purposely left the man alive in 1969 to describe him, and he actually detailed who he was to that man and connected him to Deer Lodge Prison, Montana, where I was working when I actually got to introduce to Ed Edwards. Um, He told his victim that he had been in Deer Lodge Prison, and in fact, Ed Edwards had been in Deer Lodge Prison um, in 1956, though, 13 years before the Zodiac. So the whole purpose of him wearing that executioner's hood was to create terror and fear, and that's kind of what the Zodiac did.
2: Well, it it worked. (laughs) Now... Now, for the listeners that aren't familiar, um, when did Ed Edwards go to prison? And I'm asking this for a specific reason. When when did he wind up in
1: prison? Well, he was in in and out of prison off and on his whole life. For murder, he ended up in prison for the first time in 2009. But in 1956, he was in my hometown. And he was married. And He killed a couple on a lover's lane here just like the Zodiac did 13 years later. Mm -hmm. And that's what began my investigation. And Edwards went to Deer Lodge Prison and he got caught for uh, an armed robbery here in my hometown in 1956 and did 10 years. And that's what he was trying to lead officials to. That the Zodiac was in Deer Lodge Prison but it wasn't in 1969. It was actually in 1959. And, uh, Nobody put that connection together. And in his book, in Metamorphosis of a is the name of his book, he has 30 pages written up about being in Deer Lodge Prison, being in my hometown, and he details the killing of the couple on the Lover's Lane in the book, saying that he just happened to drop by the scene just to watch the police process it, (laughs) when in fact he had killed them and then was standing there watching.
2: Yes, and... and we, we, we know, we watch every episode of Criminal Mind, so we know that they always return to the scene of the crime. But the, the reason I, I ask that is because now you've got to expect the people that are going to start comparing the Zodiac killings and the Zodiac letters to, you know, when was Ed in prison and when was he not. But what fascinates me the most, having studied the Zodiac back in college, is the fact that he has written letters up, here lately, and you know, I, I don't have the, the data escapes me of the, the last letter that he sent to the San Francisco Chronicle saying, I am still with you.
1: Now, yeah, he was, did that his whole life. He, 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 he taunted the press and, and different police organizations with letters like that. The last letter I was able to find that the Zodiac wrote was on June 14, 2008 when he killed a pregnant woman in a bathtub down on Fort Bragg, and he wrote the Zodiac sign and lipstick on the mirror, and then he sent a letter saying, I was at the scene watching the Fayetteville police and how stupid they were. That's the last Zodiac letter that I found. Prior to 2008, there were Zodiac letters for decades, and everybody questioned, geez, are these real, or is this a copycat? Well, the fact is, the man never got caught until he was 76, and he was always sending letters.
2: So, why use the cipher on some and not others?
1: In all of the letters he sent, there were always clues to his name. And sometimes he would use numbers written within the letters, and uh, those numbers would be the numbers 5 and 4, or 4 and 5, or 5 and 5. And those are, uh, numbers in the alphabet are E and D, or E and E. So, it was oh. always Ed. Ed Edwards was the killer and uh, that's exactly what he did in the last killing he did in 2009 on the wall he uh, he put the numbers four and five and the name Ed right on the wall and uh, nobody it made no sense to anybody looking at it especially you know a police officer at such a horrible scene that they wouldn't have known what was going on until you knew that well he was the zodiac and this okay. is the clues to what who he is. Well, you know, I got letters from Mr. Edwards um, for about a year, and uh, he was also dropping, you know, cryptograms and clues in my letters. I knew that he was the Zodiac, but what he kept telling me was, it's so much worse than you think, John. I frame people, and I didn't understand that at the beginning. And so he was always, he was never going to stand up and say I'm the Zodiac because that's not what the Zodiac wanted. What the Zodiac wanted to do was to kill in his afterlife and how he did that was he's dead now but he's framed so many people and some are on death row that he's still killing in his afterlife
2: well then why all the grandiosity
1: well you know it was a grandiosity was for recognition and that's what he called it throughout his life he was into crime for recognition what he, what it really meant he was into murder for recognition his murders would be recognized they would go on for decades, they would be talked about, there would be movies about him, there'd be books about him, and he could sit home any day and read the paper and say, that's mine. In his head, he didn't need the public, you know, to say, you are the Zodiac. He didn't. He didn't want that, actually. He wanted to keep it guessing even after his death so that it would play out like this for decades.
0: When you were um, first on the show a few years back, you were talking about Ed Edwards, uh, the possibility of him murdering um, Teresa Hallbeck in The Making a Murderer, not Steve Avery, and kind of setting it all up. Um, are you still believing in that? Is that still something that you, you support as an idea?
1: Yeah, very strongly, actually. Um, that whole case just, just had the fingerprints of the Zodiac and of Ed Edwards. Um, I don't think the man in the courtroom, you know, I think a lot of people might be familiar with that. Right. There was a man standing behind the prosecutor that many thought might be at Edwards. I'm not sure it is. That man I've never identified, and we tried to get Ken Kraft, uh, the prosecutor in that case, asked him if he knew who he was, and he didn't know who he was. Um, but it really was the uh, the ritualistic nature of that case occurring on Halloween, and targeting the man named Avery. And Avery, of course, was a huge name in the Zodiac case. As a, the San Francisco reporter, Paul Avery, was taunted by the Zodiac with a Halloween card saying, uh, ha, 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 you know, I'm going to leave you a clue in this card. And in that card was actually in the skeleton's hand was Ed Edwards' date of birth, 614 at 33. And that was the clue but you had to know who Ed Edwards was and you had to know his date of birth in order to see it. It's clear as day in that card.
0: One thing that was interesting was uh, you've got Wayne Wolf Jr. who is the grandson of Ed Edwards working with you on the series. Um, can you speak how it is with the family? What's what's the family situation of Edwards now? Are they in support of this kind of series, and they, do they believe in it, or are they sort of hesitant or not believing? Where, where do they sit?
1: Well, Ed Edwards was married three times, and so he was married to, uh, when he got caught, he was married to that wife for 43 years, and he had five children with that wife. and. Two of the children participated in the documentary we did and are also convinced that had, their father was the Zodiac. He forced them to actually uh, sit down and watch Zodiac movies when they were children, and then when it didn't play out the way he knew it did, he would scream at the TV. That's not how it happened. Oh. And, uh, you know, they, they feel very sure that he was the Zodiac, and that he killed Jimmy Hoffa. Those were the two things that they are certain of. Yeah. The rest of it, they're skeptical about.
0: Well, I was going to talk about that with the Jimmy Hoffa. How do we get him in, involved with that? Like, what, what was, was it because Jimmy Hoffa was a, a cheater, in essence, or he didn't like him? He didn't like the union leader? Or like, What was going on?
1: Jimmy Hoffa and Ed Edwards went to prison together in 1967, Leavenworth Prison and they served time together for about a year and a half. And Jimmy Hoffa had promised Ed Edwards a job when he got out on parole in 1967 with a a trucking firm, with the Teamsters. And when Ed got out, Jimmy Hoffa failed him, and it didn't come through. And Jimmy Hoffa also called Edwards a homosexual. And that's what really ticked off Ed. And then in 1975... Jimmy Hoffa got pardoned by Richard Nixon and that really ticked off Ed because Ed earned his parole and here's Jimmy Hoffa getting a pardon from the, the president of the United States. So he decided to create a crime of recognition, something that would go down in history and that we would all laugh about on late night talk shows. Where's Jimmy Hoffa? And his body will never be found because Edwards knew how to blow up bodies just like he did to Teresa Halbach and it into little, Jimmy Hoffa is detailed in his book, a uh, couple pages about Jimmy Hoffa. In fact, he, he Edwards was the informant in the Jimmy Hoffa case that steered the evidence to uh, a couple of gang gangsters out of uh, Detroit.
0: Um, one thing also, I can see why I think you probably get more heat for things like the Lacey Peterson and, uh, I don't know, guess, I guess because it's a little more recent and... Uh, so how do you tie him to Lacey Peterson?
1: He actually sent letters in that case after, uh, after they found the bodies and they arrested Scott. He sent a letter in claiming that he was God and that he had framed Scott and that he did it on Easter week, which was very important to Ed to kill on Christmas, Easter, Fourth of July, Memorial Day, things like that. And he also sent a letter uh, detailing how it was done. And that he is the occult. Um, He was Satan. He was acting out as Satan. Um, That And it was six years Scott Peterson and Lacey Peterson occurred in uh, Christmas of 2002. Six years prior to that was was Joe May Ramsey, Christmas of 1996. 666. 1996 was one of Ed's most prolific killing years, and he killed so many people on very significant dates of that year. Um, a lot of people got very upset about the Scott Peterson case because we all thought he was guilty, but that's also playing out in court right now, and I, I believe that he'll get a new trial,
0: too. Okay, so wh- why Joan Bennet Ramsey, then?
1: He had killed a girl in 1946, um, Suzanne Dignan, uh, in Chicago, in the exact same fashion uh, where he lured her out of her house, at night while her parents slept. And this one occurred on what's called the 12th day of Christmas, January 6th, actually, 1946. Um, took her to a basement. Joe Manet was taken to the basement. Beheaded this little girl in 1946, cut off her limbs and everything, spread them around the streets of Chicago, and then taunted the police with these messages that were very immature saying, please stop me, I can't control myself, I'm going to kill more. That was 1946, and then on the, the 50th year anniversary, he does a Ramsey in the same fashion where he lured himself into the house with her. She ate pineapple at the counter, and there's no doubt about that, with whoever killed her, and then took her to the basement where he basically strangled her and almost decapitated her and laid her out ritualistically with her arms spread high above, reaching for the heavens, that's he would lay bodies out like that a lot and left a note, the three-page ransom note, which was actually signed Victory SBTC. That was the signature on the ransom note in the Jomine Ramsey case. And what that meant was signed by the cross, the Zodiac cross and circle. That's what Edward signed the Zodiac letters with his whole life. And so the Jomine Ramsey ransom note was actually a parable of Ed Edwards' life and he contained uh, sayings and things from uh, Zodiac movies.
0: You mentioned um, Christmas and, and uh, Satan and stuff like this. Is there, is there like a religious element to what Ed Edwards was doing?
1: Yeah, he was, uh, at the age of five, he witnessed his mother killed in front of him. Whether he killed her or she killed herself, it's listed as a suicide, but there are suspicions that he may have actually pulled the trigger when he was five years old because they changed his name right after that killing. And they shut him in a Catholic orphanage at the age of six. And by the age of 11, he had been sexually abused, beaten, and he was highly intelligent and was told he was stupid. And so what he did is he ran away from the Catholic orphanage at age 11 and started killing. And he spent his whole life killing nuns, priests, setting up priests, setting up religious people, anybody who would claim they were holier than thou, he felt he could find a sin on them and then punish them, so it was always based on religion with his murders.
0: wasn't Wasn't he on a game show too, Ed Edwards? Yeah, in
1: 1972, right after the Zodiac killings, he appeared on a show called "To Tell the Truth." Oh, wasn't
0: that? And perfect. the whole
1: show. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the whole show is who's the best liar? <laughs> I mean, we, yeah,
2: it can't get any more ironic than that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so he ended up becoming the best liar. He won the show. Um, but on that show at the very beginning, they hold his book up, and they tell the world that he was a suspect in a double murder, which was a Lover's Lane murder, that he was on the FBI's ten most wanted list. that he was a dangerous character, and now he's a married family man. And nobody knew that there you have the Zodiac standing in front of the United States on one of the most popular game shows back then wearing a jacket that's actually covered in a Z pattern for Zodiac and bright red pants that he's wearing for Satan. (laughs) And he's standing in front of everybody just laughing at us.
2: Well, that's central casting.
1: uh...
0: (laughs) (laughs) When did he finally get caught and convicted of, of, of any murders?
1: It was in 2009 in Wisconsin not too far away from where Teresa Halbach was killed. Ed's daughter was watching a TV show, and it was about a Lover's Lane murder in Wisconsin in 1980. And she remembered that her father took her and her brothers to the scene of that murder. Once again, standing around pretending like he found this murder. And so she picked up the phone because a TV station was doing a special on that murder on the anniversary, and she said, you know... I remember my dad, and I, we all lived there, and I think he did it, and I think he took us to the scene. And so they went, and they found her dad down in Kentucky living with his wife. They took his DNA, and it matched a very minute uh, piece of DNA, semen DNA that was found on the female victim's pants. And he was arrested for his first murder in 2009, which was a lover's lane killing just like the Zodiac. And he hoped to be executed for that murder, but he found out Wisconsin didn't have the death penalty. So then he confessed to another Lover's Lane murder that he did in 1977 in Ohio, thinking he was going to get his death penalty. And then it turned out that in 1977 he couldn't get the death penalty because the Supreme Court had put it on hold that year. Hmm. So then he had to confess one more murder to get his execution and that was the uh, the killing of a 22-year-old man that he adopted, changed his name, uh, put 250 grand worth of life insurance on him, waited two years, killed him, framed him for some burglaries to his house, and got away with it. And uh, it was that crime that he confessed to in 2010 that got his execution date.
0: Um, have you ever approached any... Um... Law enforcement, like you used to be in law enforcement. Have you ever talked to them about your your theories here with Edwards, and have you got any support?
1: Yeah, I actually traveled the country quite a bit from 2010 to 2016. I met with uh, Vallejo and Napa County detectives way back in 2013. Um, Met with detectives in Ohio. Many, many detectives would not meet with me they did not want to even talk about it because these cases were all already resolved in their mind, and they didn't want to hear it. so right. there was there was some support with the Napa and the Vallejo Police Departments way back. And I also noticed recently that now they have gone back and there's they submitted some DNA on some of those letters that I believe Edward sent. And uh, that's another thing I've been waiting to see on the news. Uh, they just sent those letters off May second. And they were hoping to have an answer by midsummer on whether or not they retrieved DNA out the stamps and out the uh, the flaps on the envelopes that had been licked
0: so so how do you see this ending? Uh, I, I mean he's dead now, but do you see him getting convicted of any of these um, major crimes or or being recognized by the public and and somehow overturning who? Who they think is the current person doing it now, or that did it?
1: They will never, you know, convict him or or investigate him now that he's dead. But what will happen is there's many defense attorneys that are investigating the cases they now have of their innocent people in jail, and that will be exposed. And I I really believe that the one that will expose it the the best is the Christopher Coleman case from a May 5th of 2009 where the two little boys and the wife were strangled in bed. I think that one's going to be thrown out and then it will all be exposed. And uh, this will play out for years and years. Uh, Law enforcement's not going to do it, but there's many defense attorneys that are interested.
2: Yeah, and and, and that's my, I mean, this is a conundrum. You know, and and that's really, you know, as I read the book and as I am listening to what you're saying, That's really my only hope in this. The man is dead. Whether he did one murder or a thousand, he's dead. But we have got, who knows, untold number of inmates sitting in prisons right now that are guilty for murders that they never committed. But again, going back to the psychology of this, do you think that that was Ed's Planned the whole time knowing eventually I'm going to get killed because we just talked, you know, he managed to get to a place to where he was going to be killed, but, and I'm air quoting and I'm bloating my chest for those of you that aren't watching on TV, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, my legacy is living on.
1: That was the whole intention of the Zodiac. That was the intention of the Zodiac from the beginning.
2: How narcissistic and and how grandiose. I mean, you know, I don't know whether to be in awe or be angry.
1: Well, I think we should all be very angry because there was never a profile for a serial killer like Ed Edwards. Nobody wanted to believe that a man like that existed. You know, you kind of read the profiles of what who they thought the Zodiac would be. Oh, he'll be a loner. He won't have a wife. This but, man had a wife, had children, and was well-known. Yes.
2: But let me ask you a very important question, though. What sets Ed apart from people like, oh, Henry Lee Lucas, who committed, you know, a handful of murders, but he claimed, he, you know, he laid claim to what? Uh, well over 200. Yeah, many of those what's, claims ended up being false
1: claims. Um, well, with Ed, he always put the information out there that once you identified him and saw his M.O., his motive, you could unravel all these murders. And they were all based on that book that he wrote. That book he wrote, he killed people in all the cities that are named in the book the states named in the book, some of the names in the book, he killed people by those names. He knew that this was going to be a big puzzle, and someday somebody would unravel it, and then it would be a mess. And that's kind of what happened. Um, our first puzzle we solved was the identity cipher. Uh, the Zodiac Killer that was sent on April 20th, 1970, that was 13 characters that said, the Zodiac said, you solved this, you'll have my name. And we did solve it. It said Edward Edwards, and we confronted Ed. And he sent us a letter saying, it's me. But you don't know the whole story, John. I frame people. So that's that's something he wanted to go down in history. So he, 10,000 years from now, he'd be considered the worst killer ever. And he talks about it in his book, how he wanted to be known as the master criminal. He never said master killer, but that's what he meant.
0: How, how did his wife and kids, especially the wife, not realize he was out killing
1: people? They knew he was a criminal. They knew he was a burglar, a robber, that they had to move all the time because, oh, Dad just burned down another house and collected the insurance. They knew he was a bad, rotten man. But on the other side, he was a loving father. Um, basically, his wife, Kay, was, was almost a captive... For 43 years, he had stabbed her and uh, treated her himself. Um, She would never cross. I mean, either with the kids, you couldn't cross them. Um, If you did, you didn't know what was going to happen. He was very brutal. So, you know, when you're with an abusive relationship for that many years, you just go with the flow. And that's the way Kay Edwards was when I spoke to her. She just was almost like a zombie, couldn't remember anything.
0: Wow, wow! So he he did a lot of terrorizing. Did anybody ever suspect him of any of these murders before? Before all this came out, like at the times?
1: Yeah, the one in nineteen eighty, that Lovers Lane murder in Wisconsin, that he got caught on first. Um, he was the suspect right at the beginning because he was seen with a bloody nose. He worked in the place that the couple were killed at, and he fled the the the, the county. Within days of it happening, and then went off radar. They didn't know who he was, and then about thirty-seven years later, or thirty years later, his daughter turned him in.
0: Oh, his his daughter turned him in. Wow. Have you have you been able to talk to her?
1: Yeah, I actually spoke to her back in 2010, and she's the one that provided me all the uh, the paperwork that Edwards had saved. And in the, in many of those, uh, the paperwork that I recovered, there were letters to the FBI. There were articles on the Zodiac killing where he is, he was actually providing information to the authorities because he claimed to know who the Zodiac was. Um, it was really, that was the beginning of me taking on Ed Edwards. And then April, the daughter also participated in our show. It was him, the many murders of Ed Edwards. And, uh, Gave a really good interview in that show and uh, talked about how she felt. Her father definitely was a zodiac.
0: No, now for the doubters and for the people that um, don't believe in all of the murders that you tied to Ed Edwards, um, what what actual forensic or physical evidence do you have with him on any of these murders? Is is there something attaching him? To the murders, other than his own book or
1: what? Well, no, like the Zodiac killer, it was always about the writings, the letters he was going to send, the books that he ended up writing, the TV appearances. He threw it in our faces through letters, but you had to know his name, Edward Edwards, in order to put together the puzzles that were in all of the letters. And that's really what the Zodiac was doing you know publicly sending in cryptograms and everything saying come on catch me if you can who am i that's how the whole thing tied together is through his own writings as for forensics i begged police departments to to retest and do you know do other things and many didn't but now they are just recently all of a sudden the zodiac case is back in the limelight and they're taking all those letters and they're They're going back to the drawing board of DNA. And I really believe in the future, there will be a case where they will get his DNA and he will be exposed to who he was, the Zodiac. And that's the starting point you have to start with, with this investigation. He was the Zodiac, and the Zodiac was the most evil killer ever. And you start from there.
0: So we actually have uh, Edward's DNA on file somewhere?
1: Yes, yeah, he's entered into CODIS. But what's going on now is they're checking DNA through other databases, you know, where people submit their own DNA through genealogy sites. Right. And they're going to end up getting a lot of hits because Edwards planted DNA at many of his scenes. And some of the things he planted, hair, fiber, blood, semen, urine, whatever it might be, now those DNA samples can be searched through databases and see where they lead you to. And I know that he planted other victims' DNA at murders he committed in the future. He would leave obvious hairs clutched in the hands of people, and those hairs were considered to be the killers, but they weren't. They were actually another victims of the killer. And so that's how this is going to play out, is once they start searching these DNA databases, they're going to come up with some DNA ad- thinking it's a killer, and it's going to end up being a victim of a killing. And then they're going to have to go back and go, how did this happen? Well, that's what Ed did.
0: Well, how do we know that he wasn't just um, a psycho and, and writing these all out and and doing these works uh, because he was you know, disturbed in some way and actually not really killing all these people?
2: Yeah,
1: taking or a copycat, taking credit. Yeah. Right, that's that's always been everybody's problem. But when you look at what he confessed to, he confessed to five murders, four of them coupled on Lover's Lanes, which are Zodiac killings. They span 20 years, 1996, 1977, till uh, 1996. And he was in my hometown in 1956 when we had the same type of murder. And in Portland, Oregon in 1960, where they had the same type of lover's lane murder. So I can put him killing from 1956 to 1996, and then his confessions in 2009. You just don't quit killing couples on lover's lanes and sneaking up on them looking like a cop, because that's really what his portrayal was, was he was a cop. He would approach these people just as a cop would and uh, terrorize them. He's a highly brilliant man. He wrote books. He published shows. He, uh, he wasn't stupid. And uh, he would never take credit for somebody else's murder because his ego would not allow that. They're his. You know, he, he's, he's an egotistical man. I have to remind your listeners, just go online, Google metamorphosis of a criminal, I put the book out there in a PDF file for free and anybody can read it and just download it and read it and search names, uh, phrases in the book and you'll see that the man was a brilliant psychopathic killer.
0: So now where do you, where do you go from here? So you've written a book and uh, you've got the series out. I, it was a six episode series, I believe, right?
1: yeah that's right.
0: right. so what whats oh, what's sorry. next? Do you plan on on pursuing this further? do you like what's the end goal for you? Do you want to see him um, convicted for something in special or do you want to see something happen? Um, where do you want to see it go?
1: There's dozens of people in prison on his murders right now, and my only goal is to expose him to get those people out. I don't care what they do with him. he's dead. There's nothing you can do with him. But I'm working with several defense attorneys and trying to get some of these men out. And that's the goal. And so I actually rewrote the first book and added 200 pages to what happened after I released my first book. And the new book is called It Was Always Me, Edward Edwards, The Most Prolific Serial Killer Ever. And it, in that book, I, I go into Scott Peterson I go into uh, Darlie Rotier, who is on death row right now in Texas for killing her two little boys, and I go into detail on Christopher Coleman, who's uh, in prison for 300 years for killing his two little boys and his wife in bed in 19 or 2009. And so, my goal isn't to get Ed Edwards convicted, and I really could care less if people don't want to buy it. Most people that actually go down the rabbit hole and do the work and read his book, and, and, and follow him, go down a rabbit hole, and sometimes wish they never had. But he put it all out there to be solved, and uh, it's there. Yeah, I actually have a website called coldcasecameron.com, and it's been down for the last five months because I, I had to take it down prior to the show coming out. Now, that is going to come back up here on Monday, and basically that site is just a timeline of his life uh, it's quite extensive, and I've linked it all with all the letters and all the cases. And it's a great uh, it's a great site for learning about Ed Edwards. And uh, read his book, read my book, and follow the site, and you'll be astonished at what. This. Uh,
0: your book is found at all bookstores, I'd imagine, uh, and Amazon, of course. And we'll have that linked up on our website. And um, again, and your website we'll put on ours as well, so people can. Uh, follow up on
2: this
1: that'd be great yeah i figure i figure by monday that cold case cameron will be back up i've had a lot of people begging me to put it back up and uh so i got approval to put it back up now
0: well fantastic we really appreciate you taking the time and um maybe you can come back again soon um that'd be great
1: um yeah i would love to come back on especially if uh chris coleman gets released here in the near future which i think could happen That's really going to be a huge, huge thing. Yeah,
0: and we can uh, maybe even go through the case um, more in depth, and so people get caught up on it.
1: Yeah, and on my website, coldcasecameron.com, I actually have that whole case on there, the Christopher Coleman case, with all the photographs, and uh, people will just be sickened as to what he wrote on the walls there and how obvious some of the puzzles were. Well, there could be other shows, and what's interesting, there are shows playing out right now on on Netflix in particular that are obvious Ed Edwards murders, and I'm, I'm finding it am, astonishing watching some of these shows where these men are, you know, are in prison claiming I'm innocent, I didn't do it, and nobody can understand what happened. And uh, once you know Ed Edwards' MO and where he was, and they're playing out right now, and I, I really think they'll play out for many, many years to come. Yeah. What's what,
0: what's the biggest one you think right now, <laughs> or can you say?
1: Um, the Staircase. Have you heard of The Staircase?
0: No, mm-hmm. that one I haven't. Uh, Michael,
1: Mike, Michael Peterson um, arrested for killing his wife at the bottom of a staircase. He's out now. It's just playing out on Netflix right now, and I just finished watching it uh, last week, and I'd say that one is one of the most astonishing cases I've seen, and so... Mm-hmm. Well, there's others too yeah and uh, once you understand Ed's MO of framing people then you understand you pick cheaters and in Michael Peterson's case he was a cheater too yeah
0: well great um, our guest John Cameron uh, the miniseries is playing on Paramount and um, it's called It Was Him The Many Murders of Ed Edwards thank you for taking the time
1: Thanks for having me on, Alan Kern. It was nice to meet you. To find out more about our show, guests, or listen to a previous show, visit our website at
2: www.somethingweirdmedia.com. The mission
1: has
2: been completed. The end. By George, he's got it. It is the end. I'll say
0: you.
1: If you're lying to me, I'll be back.
0: This has been a production of Something Weird Media. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com.
1: Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good
0: night.